if what you know of God's love isn't reckless and overwhelming, you probably don't know about his love. What you know of God's love is not reckless. By that I mean if it's explainable. If it's explainable, it's not reckless. You watch a little kid and we say that that kid is a reckless little kid. There's no no explanation for what he does. God's love is that way. There's no list anywhere that God says, okay, I'm going to keep this list because this is a list of love. God's love is reckless. God's love is overwhelming. I want us to, I want you to keep those verses and I want you to continue to go over them for next week. Uh, if you weren't here, just ask someone that was here and they'll get them to you or come see me and I'll give them to you. Uh, but I just want us to stay in those for a while, to camp in those for a while. You know, every single one of us, especially those of us that came up in church, whether it was Catholic Church, Episcopal, Presbyterian, Lutheran, uh, Baptist, Pentecostal, Charismatic, it doesn't make any difference. Somewhere along in line in there, you were taught some things about God. For most of us, it would best be summed up by the little girl who came home from church one day and her dad says, well, what did you learn today? And she said, oh, the same stuff. God's good. I'm bad. Try harder. And so we formulate this concept about God that he's an ogre. He just can't wait to punish us. He just can't wait to smack us around for all the stuff we've done. And we have this image of God, and and whether we realize it or not, it's basically drawn from conclusions that somebody has made, mostly about the Old Testament. And so this is God. This is who God is. I want you to catch this this morning. God doesn't reveal Jesus. Jesus reveals God. God doesn't reveal who Jesus is. Jesus reveals who God is. And that challenges most of our practical understanding. By that I mean practical, I mean how we live day in and day out. It challenges most of our practical understanding of who God is and what God's attitude towards us is. God didn't reveal Jesus. Jesus reveals God. God doesn't explain Jesus. He hinted at who Jesus was. He gave shadows and types and symbols of Jesus. They were all just a portion of who Jesus was and what he was going to be. And a lot of us are kind of like what Jeremy said. You know, we kind of have this dichotomy. There was God, and then there was Jesus. And God came and beat us up, and Jesus came and said, it's going to be okay. And we fail to understand God doesn't reveal Jesus. Jesus reveals God. 
He is the, Jesus is the exact representation of God. God hinted in types and shadows and symbols of who Jesus was. Jesus shouted who the Father is. He gave us the substance of who God is. But because we have this already this preconceived idea of who God is and what God's like and how he deals with sin and how he deals with sinners and how he deals with us, when we look at Jesus, we can't just embrace it for what it is. We kind of have to make it fit. Well, he didn't really mean that, you know. He 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 just that's just a picture. It's not really that's not true. Jesus is the exact representation of God. John says Jesus came to explain God. Isn't that cool? Jesus came to explain God. And so if we want to know what God is like, Jesus is the answer. And we can't approach it with our preconceived notions about what God is and look at how we're going to make what Jesus did fit. We need to set aside, like we said last week, every preconception we've had of the Father. And when Jesus comes in, he is it. He is the fullness of who God is. And nowhere does that bear out, especially in in these verses that we've read, Nowhere does that bear out in our own life whenever we, as it does whenever we have blown it. When we fail. When we fall. Because our understanding about God and what he's like is when you fall, when you blow it, okay, there's certain things you've got to do to get back on good standing with God. Listen to me. When you read these verses, you're going to find Jesus challenged every one of those. And what that does is it doesn't make us want to run to God. It makes us want to hide from God. It makes us want to justify our behavior instead of owning our behavior. Listen, this is an interesting note. Do you understand that whenever the father divvied up the inheritance, he not only gave that son his inheritance, he gave the other son his inheritance. So here was a son who had it as much as the other guy. Here was a guy that we find was as flawed as the other son. His flaws were just different. Listen, Don't judge me because you sin different than me. Just because your sins are different, don't don't judge me because mine aren't like yours. And the, the, the older son was as flawed as the other one. The difference is there was one who was willing to be vulnerable about what he had done. And the other one wanted to hide and justify and cover it. Why? Because that's our perspective of God. Boy, if God finds out what I've done, it's going to be all over. If God finds out what I've done, 
He'll never use me again. All this challenge is that. Go and look in the Scripture and see who Jesus used. We use that term. Go look at who Jesus ministered through. The woman at the well. She was living in adultery. She went back to the village and testified to who Jesus was. And the whole village came out to see. He didn't say, there's a Bible school in Philistine, in Philistine, in Palestine. You go there for a few years and then you'll be qualified. Listen, you need, you need to know one thing to be qualified to be used of God. You know what that is? Your story. And it will consist of your life before Christ, how you came to know Christ, and your life since Christ. That's it. That's it. Now, if you ain't got that, all you got is information. But this perspective that we've had of the Father that causes us to hide our flaws, that causes us to stand in guilt and sit in shame and wallow in self-pity, that's not endearing to God. He paid the price to release us from every single bit of that. And yet what we say is, what you did is not enough. I have to add to it. Here's what I want you to see. The younger son, the flawed son, based on the story, the obviously flawed son, the unacceptably flawed son experienced more intimacy with the father than the unflawed son ever did. He could have enjoyed all that the father had and had given him at any moment in time. But here was the son who was broken And he has this speech prepared. Why did he go back to the Father? Was there some spiritual significance? Was there some spiritual reason? Was he thinking in his mind, I have offended God's authority in my life and I must go back and make that right? No. You know why I went back? Because he was hungry. He was hungry. And I think it's significant that the father didn't check him at the gate and said, do you mean this? Do you know how bad you've hurt me? Do you know how deeply you have offended me? Are you willing to accept that and confess that and receive that and ask for forgiveness? He never even finished his speech before Father whipped out the robe, the ring, and says, kill the calf, we're eating barbecue. God doesn't reveal Jesus. Jesus reveals the Father. We tend to have this perspective of the Father that doesn't look anything like Jesus. Even the concept of Father sometimes kind of throws us because we don't have anything to relate that to. Maybe we didn't have a Father. 
Maybe our father was cruel. Maybe our father was not an expression of God's love. And so when we say someone says, he's our father, that's like going, oh, okay, not interested in that. And I wonder if that's not why Philip came to him and said, show us the father. Jesus said, I've been showing you the father ever since I've been here. And it wasn't like what you thought it was. He wasn't like you thought he was going to be. So as we go back through these verses, bear that in mind. What you're seeing is the expression of the Father through the Son. And He is the complete expression. And if you catch yourself going, yeah, but, there's this, you know, this old, the Old Testament, yeah, but, don't do that. Just embrace it. You don't have to understand it. It doesn't even have to reconcile with everything you've been told. God will reconcile it. If you're out of bounds, he'll show you. If you're in a ditch, he'll pull you out. See? But let it stand for who it is, because here's Jesus shouting at the top of his lungs, this is what God is like. And his love for you is beyond anything you can comprehend. His acceptance of you is beyond anything you can understand. I got to tell you something. I don't, it's taken me years to get over, and I'm not completely over it, all these things I have about how God's love functions. Here's the problem with that. The flaws that I have in my heart about the expression of the Father's love to me will be demonstrated in my love to you. If I think the Father's not going to accept me when I come and be honest, chances are I'm not going to accept you until you do that. That's just too good to be true. I know. No, it is. It's just too good to be true to what we know true is. So as you go back through these verses, just slow down, okay? And just look at them and ask the Father, to, how does this reveal your wonder to me? How does this reveal the wonder of God's love to me? And how does it bear out in my life? Any questions? All right, this, listen, this is good stuff, I'm telling you. You know, it, it's just, if you'll let it, it will, it will enlarge your capacity for the love of the Father. And none of us have experienced all there is to experience of that. All right? Well, let's pray. Father, we're we have shortchanged you. We have ascribed human attributes to you. Which are just mere conclusions 
we've drawn from our own flawed heart. And then you sent your son, who was a perfect, complete expression of your love for us. I ask that you would give us revelation of that by your Spirit. We can come to understand firsthand the goodness of the Father. That it's okay to admit our flaws. It's okay. Because you're waiting with a robe and a ring and a calf to bless us never to bring it up again. We thank you for that. Bless you, Father.